snap. All right. <clears throat> this past weekend, Thursday night at midnight, Jermaine Cole dropped the album. Then he went out there and did a little cardio. He had a triple single <laughs> in Rwanda. <laughs> he did a little cardio. He ran back and forth on that on the on the court for about seventeen three minutes. Three points, three boards, <laughs> three assists. He's, he way better, no, he's way better than me though. I don't need He's playing professional ball. Heck yeah, he's way better than both of us. Alright, relax. Okay. He's not that much better than me. <laughs> He's that much better than you, bro. <laughs> professional balling with Rwanda, though. He's still professional. All right, let's <laughs> let, let's ask the hard hitting questions. Is he on the team because he's good, or is he, he's because he's a rapper? Nah, he's good. He's nice. People always talk about J Cole being able to ball. I mean, he's talked about it. I seen it in yeah. his Puma commercial. Yeah, he's nice. That's why I'm wearing Puma right now. He's nice. I mean, definitely. Chris Brown could so, whop him. Could no, I don't think so. I really? Think J. Cole's nice. I think J. Cole, Lil Dirk is really nice. Chris Brown's really nice. I don't know who beats who, but I think J. Cole probably. I think J. Cole's probably more, plays more often than Chris Chris Brown. Chris Brown was actually playing last night. Okay. You didn't see that? But you know J. Cole was actually playing in a game. Oh, no. You're going crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, Quavo actually got hands. Yeah, Qu- Quavo, Quavo, yeah, especially nice in too. elevators. I'm kidding. That's my guy wow. too. Quavius. Yeah, I like Quavo, especially after he put Streety out on the streets. She was out there playing next to the beach. You saw her? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't be paying attention to stuff like that. I'm talking about her actually playing her music on the beach. That's great. That's not great. Her life. That's her know. life. That was corny. She's living her best life. Well, I feel like it's about time I get on a professional football team. <laughs> At what position? Quarterback. Oh, my God. Chris already knows I could have been a quarterback. Yo. Huh? Tom Brady been up there for, for way too long. I could go up there. I got five good years in me. Kelby going, going for second string. Second uh, string? What you mean, Kelby by the ain't even make the practice club. Kelby's going for the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Them water boys make like 50 G's a year. Yeah, they got to have a side job sometimes. Because <laughs> after taxes, it's still like 40 grand. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Enough joking around. <clears throat> Let's get serious. Welcome back to the Men on the Internet podcast. My name is Kelby. Over there, we have... Sunil. Sunil. And way over there, we have... Ankies. <laughs> the, the mayor of the sanctuary city. <laughs> okay, okay. Moving up. Yeah, you know what a sanctuary city is? Yes. All right, all right for so. That's how he's here. <laughs> Yo, that's cold. Uh, I for legal purposes. Yeah, don't go nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, and this is the Men on the Internet podcast. So, fellers, how was your week? Week was really good. Got was really productive. Got my first weekend at the gym Uh-oh. since we're doing the twelve week challenge. Let's go, Will Smith. Um, so feeling a little bit sore. Okay. Uh, but what you yeah. been doing? Cardio, weights, a mixture of all of it. Word. What's your goal? Um, I want to drop maybe like twenty five pounds. 
Damn! If only I knew how to re- really whistle. <laughs> yeah. I just saw. I I know you sounded like it sounded like. I'm giving a little guy head. The Wizard of Oz in there, <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> 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 you just tell him a whistle. <laughs> like, is there a ghost up in here or something? Like, what are you? What, what is going on? <laughs> is that Chewbacca? <laughs> All right, 25 pounds. I've been in the gym. Waste my damn time. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym? I've been in the gym since 2010. <laughs> I look like trash. You ever, okay, all right, let me ask you guys just as guys. Because, you know, this, I feel like I might be wrong here, so don't be killing me. I feel like more women have this, like, societal pressure to look really good. Do you guys get like feel that way? I wake up like, damn, I'm I'm trash. Like I look trash. Yeah, I feel that way sometimes, but not because of societal pressure, because of my own yeah internal view of myself. Mm-hmm. Don't get too deep though. I try, just, you know, if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna tell it, then I'm gonna tell it all. Oh, so uh, yeah, just like. <laughs> Oh, I thought, was, I, thought, I thought we was about to go. Up, the whole song. Go. Oh, I don't. All right. Yeah, let me relax. Um, I usually don't sing for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I think that in general, I would think that, you know, with Instagram and all these types of things, I think women do have, uh, society puts a bigger strain on women to look a certain type of way, which is why they have all this, like, makeup eyelashes, mm-hmm. clothes, and all this kind of stuff. For men, I mean, I think you could get away with... I think men are attractive for other reasons other than just physical. Yeah. I think, for me, women are as well, but I'm saying, like, overall, I think that society has made it okay for you to be attractive to men for other reasons versus just right physical. Well, I'm going to tell you the story. <clears throat> There's this little thing that, that'd be uh, hard eyeing. Like, every time I take a picture, she sent me the hard eye. Hey. And so I responded. I was like, man, I appreciate that. Right? So she was like, you are such a confident guy. And I said, I just want to have a moment of transparency. Oh, my God. I just heard that word a lot this last week. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> I was like, let's just have a moment of transparency. Because I was like, I'm confident in a lot of things. My work, abilities, uh, tell them. you know, intelligence. Tell them. I'm up there. Tell them. Greatest in the world. Tell them. But I was like, I look like trash. <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't taking my shirt off to go to the pool. <laughs> and she said that was the least. Uh, she said that was the least attractive thing you've ever said. Well, yeah. Probably. And I was like, men can't have insecurities? You just can't show them. You can't say... You understand what kind of trash that is? Like, that is just pure garbage. That's right. I just said that. (laughs) Hold up, but... That's a her problem. That's not a you problem. Why is it a her problem? I'm saying, like, you shouldn't think anything about that. What you said was what you said. That she finds that unattractive is a filter for you to be like, okay, this is the last conversation we're having. I mean, I, I it didn't end that way. It didn't end. It didn't end that way. I mean, I ultimately was like, I had other things too. Like I, I was like, she was like, you know, you know, when people tell you like, oh, you live in LA, you must be talking, you must be, 
seeing hot chicks all the time, you know that kind of thing. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> first she of all, said I next think, question. <laughs> I actually think that the most beautiful people in the United States is in Florida. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's beautiful people all over the place, but going the, back but to like that, the largest group, concentrated group of beautiful people, it's South Florida, Cuban? Central Florida. I just think they're outside right now. All but I'm from people, Florida, and I've never people in in LA are all inside right now with masks on. Nah, but I'm saying like I've been in LA for 12 years, and I've always been like, damn, there's more beautiful people in Florida than here. Everybody yeah, here is kind of weird. I think it's because their personalities like make me think that they're ugly. Maybe. But anyway, I was saying like, but hey, that go, that girl that says you're probably talking to a lot of girls. Ah, oh, come on. That's just like yo, you're insecure. Like and. <laughs> and, and I am. I'm saying like, if you asking a question, is that okay? Like, what are you, what are you trying to insinuate? What are they trying to say that you're a player and like from what? Because of the city you live in. You know what? I feel like they they mix a lot together. Oh, you handsome. You live in L.A. You work. You got. You probably have a couple of dollars <laughs> in your pocket. This is like basic stuff. You breathe. You eat. <laughs> you brush your teeth in the morning. But it's facts, though. I, th- I feel like they make these weird assumptions. Like you must have hoes, and yeah. it's like I don't. I had hoes one time when I was twenty three, and I had that for like a week, and then I was like, "Damn, this is a lot of work." <laughs> I just think that's so. That's so corny. Like when they try to like they're testing you. Oh, you probably got all these girls and be. What do you respond to that? Depends. I might. It depends on what I, how I view this person. Okay, let's say you don't know them very well. But you know how, like, when you initially start talking to somebody, you vibe with somebody, you put them in like categories. Okay. So like, like might hit, might not. Not that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like this no, one. No, for sure. This one could be. <laughs> this one could be like, uh, oh, I'm really into this girl. Like this could be somebody that I'd want to kick it with long term, or this is just like a one one you know like a one time one off like type yeah, thing yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So if it's somebody that I actually am invested in, that caring about, <laughs> you know, and and probably have a little bit more respect for this person and stuff like that, you know, I'm gonna do my part to make this girl feel secure and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. while being honest as well. If it's just a jump off or whatever, somebody that is just like. I don't really care what what you know. You, you either it, it's either gonna happen or it's not. I'm not invested either way. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably just gonna clown clown for it because it's like, dude, like I don't know. I don't know how to respond. It's like, all right, how many dudes have you slept with in your past? Like, <laughs> what, what is it? like it's like corny. Like, what, what you, like that's the corniest thing. Like, <laughs> it's, I suppose that's true, and and yet it happens all the time, but. But I never really got it as a compliment. I think until lately, because they would they would say the compliment, right? Oh, you're a good looking guy. You're working. I admire your hustle. This and the third. You must have a lot of hoes. And I would just be like, damn, I don't. Ugh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing up in life right now. But, nah, but now that, that's not even the bar as far as like your ability to. It isn't necessarily a reflection on whether or not you do or not. My ability to you could your the fact that you could have a roster if you wanted to mm-hmm. isn't a reflection whether you have it or not isn't a reflection upon your ability to. It's a reflection upon your character and the choices that you choose to make. Uh oh. I don't think you have. I think you got from knowing you, 
you don't have a roster not because you can't have a roster. You don't have a roster because one, you think that's too much work, and two, and two, like you just a, a naturally good dude that isn't there to hurt people' feelings and dealing with people's emotions like that and all that kind of stuff. That's a fact. I definitely don't want to deal with emotions. I definitely, definitely don't. And the more on your roster, the more emotions you got to deal with. So the pain. Hey, you know who? Really be having rosters though, gay people. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like what I'm do, working but at, but it's now, like a different. It's a different roster too. Oh no, it's man. built. It's di- like because their thing is because okay, let's say it's gay men, right? Uh-huh. <clears throat> According to what I've been told by specific people in the community, not I didn't make this up. It's typically like sex first, love later. Yeah, and and. And some of them like be cool being in things while they're in a relationship, while they're married, while they're this, while they're that, you know? So it's just like, for them, it's just like, ah, this was just physical, you know? And then they talk about the relationship afterwards as they're wiping themselves off. It's like, ah, (laughs) yeah, all right, so you want a boyfriend or what? Nah, all right, cool. All right, I'll catch you next week, you know? Like, I've definitely been with a gay person walking down the street and he's like, I'm pretty sure I slept with that guy. And it's like, how are you pretty sure? Like, (laughs) you should probably be a little bit more sure. So so I've learned, so like where I'm working at now, there's a lot of, um, you know, gay people that I'm working with, which is great because I'm learning a lot. And it's so fun to learn about like different cultures and lifestyles or whatever. But I guess there's, from what I've learned, there's a couple different like types that you could be like there's the ones that everybody just sleeps with everybody mm-hmm. and then there's the, like obviously like the more relationship exclusive types of things mm-hmm. but going back to the original question about looks and stuff like that mm-hmm. i guess the gay community is super superficial like oh, it's like yeah. you really like if you're not good looking <laughs> in the gay community you are you have insecurity issues yeah. yeah you have insecurity <laughs> issues they got categories i know what a, i know the difference between a pixie and a bear wow and you could pretty much figure that one out pixie's like a pretty boy pretty small pretty boy and, and then, then a bear, bear is like, like a big a hairy guy but okay. i don't actually necessarily think that they're fat I think it's just like the burly. big, yeah, burly guy, lumberjack. Yeah, exactly. And you, you still could be an ugly, bur- like an ugly bear. Like they're probably an ugly pixie. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? Though? Have you seen these Vogue ugly. competitions? Which one? These Vogue competitions. Vogue. Vogue, like it's like voguing. It's like the dance Vogue. Yeah. I, uh, are you talking about like? Um, I guess they're big on the East Coast. Like House of Balenciaga type thing. I don't know. It's like a bunch of a bunch. It's like big in the gay community. I'm assuming most everybody there is gay as far as the people that participate. And it's just like this dance style. And it's like ridiculously um, athletic, like the flexibility they have. They're doing flips. They're like twirling. It's it's very, very like. I'm just like, wow, You the way you guys' bodies move, I didn't know men could move like that type of thing. Mm. Yeah, one of my friends put me on it, and uh, I'm just, like, amazed by it. You've never been to a Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I don't know, seen some organs split up in the of people, I'll tell you that. Right, Chris? I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris over there handling border security right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, actually, can you give us a border update? It's fine. 
<laughs> I don't think so. That's, uh, hey, but that's, that's what, what, incorrect. That's what Kamala and Biden be telling us too. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> He's on message. He's come on, on come message. On, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! All right, yeah. Now, uh, I, I thought I was the only one because I'd be feeling. I'd be. There are days when I'd be walking around like, yeah, I'm that guy. But then you just sit down. You get one person to just tell you like, damn, you are. All right, this is how it started. I was I was on Zoom with my dad for his birthday, and he didn't quite see me because there was like thirty people on it, like thirty or forty people. So after they was done singing and praying, I was like. Hey, and he was like, hey, that's my son. Damn, your face is round as hell. I was like, ah, thanks. thanks. <laughs> Love you, Dad. I'm going to just, I'm gonna just yeah, happy birthday, big dog. I'm going to just, I'm going to catch you on the flip side. I'm going to go and cry a little bit. Wow. And then for the next two days, I was like, damn, I am whack, man. I went to the gym. So I was like, why am I even here? This doesn't work. <laughs> I ate so many broccolis. <laughs> you know what you know what hits the worst is like when you try to put on some clothes that you used to like really oh, be fit and nice and you're just man. like yo this don't what i don't remember this being as tight as it used to be here's the sad part about clothes and weight every guy i feel knows the ideal weight they have to be to look nice in 90 percent of clothing yeah you know what i mean like once you hit a certain size nothing looks good on you it don't matter what they tell you about big boys and you just got to get the right. Co- no, you shouldn't have that much fabric on. <laughs> hey, but there's some big dudes that pull off some. But I think it's also like the confidence, the beard. And also, I think your body type, too. Like there's a certain body type to being big as well. Like mm-hmm. if you're like tall and big, like I think you could pull that off versus being like shorter and big. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? So if you're short like, and big, I'm making fun of you. <laughs> you look like a thumb. <laughs> you big toe looking ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't do some cardio, fatty. Yeah, yeah. It's rough. I feel like it's rough for being a man because we don't have societal pressures. Every every woman tells you it's totally fine that you're large or whatever it is. Oh, it's totally fine until they slip something out that you didn't recognize that they they recognize. You know, for me, one time this girl was like, I big booty. I- <laughs> <laughs> wow. You you said you liked it. I thought you liked the way my jeans fit. The lies. No, I said you eat cake, fool. (laughs) She said something like, that thing is thanging. Oh, yo, chillax. I'm supposed to say that to you. (laughs) You out here doing the That's crazy. Yeah. And then then I got a DM. (laughs) I got a DM from a doctor. From oh a doctor, yeah. I got a DM from a doctor. He was like, he was like, do you have man boobs? Oh my god! He's I like, can, I can handle those for you. I was like, man. He's like, your picture looks like you have high cholesterol. No, for sure. I honestly feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like I ain't gonna eat nothing for a while. Oh my god. I'm sweating right now because I I ain't eat one carb today. See, I think the biggest thing is like you can't do anything extreme. Like losing weight is tough if you're trying to lose weight and and trying to change something that's not going to be like consistent in your lifestyle. Because all that happens is even if you start losing some weight, 
like you're depriving right yourself of something and then you're just gonna splurge on it yep. and it's gonna just be that constant roller coaster like yep. it's all about lifestyle changes man that's true it's a i mean i've done it once before you know i just don't know why at 30 it's a little harder than it was at 19 <laughs> Bro. metabolism right, shut up <laughs> for sure that metabolism definitely like kicks your butt as you get older it sure does you got overhang in all different types of places you ever look at yourself in the mirror and just grab all of you You're like golly <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never been that sad. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just be like, damn, I got eleven handfuls just, just right here. Yikes. But we are doing the twelve week challenge, so hey, we got eleven more weeks. Said I went grocery I, shopping today, got all low sodium stuff because I think I have high cholesterol. Oh, wow. Yeah, you better watch out. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm sodium. not the one that's gonna be buying that BMI kit or whatever i sure am not gonna be the one to be buying that that's why i'm going right back to the gym tomorrow a little less depressed and i'm gonna be kicking butt matter let's of fact go. i'm be doing a little bit more cardio oh too. let's go i mean i'm about let's to see go. that i'm about to see that every once in a while all right all right let's get into something so this week we saw a lot of stuff and this is pod pod people talking about pod people yo okay the streets have only been discussing one thing. The streets <laughs> right, yeah, is discussing one thing and one thing only. That's right. The streets been talking. It's about Megan's knees. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, the Podfather, Big Joe, from the Joe Button Podcast. All right. If y'all not fans of the po- uh, of the Button Podcast, you can still listen to this only because I think there's a larger conversation ahead. So, last week. On the air, he fires Rory and Maul. Apparently, they did not come. They hit, at least Rory hit Joe last second and say, yo, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with my lawyer. Um, and that he did it like right before the episode was going to get filmed. So out of anger, enraged, Joe fires Rory and Maul, Maul from the podcast, effective that moment Rory and Maul come out with a response called I'll name this response later clever 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 for two dollars I paid for it did you I bootlegged the shit out of it come on man I didn't know like <laughs> where do you, it came where do you up you on my it? YouTube for free I didn't know there was a two dollar thing say it again where do you buy it Vimeo uh, they did a Vimeo on demand two dollars uh, uh, I think they probably can make a if they, they can probably sell a hundred thousand on that right there but uh, they come out with all the information. So Joe says that they were accusing him of being a thief. They were accusing him of. Well, Joe keeps saying that they were betraying him. And I just don't see because, you know, Joe be talking to circles. Yeah. He be talking in these mystical terms and things. And it's just like, what are you Joe talking be about? Potting. Joe, Joe be performing. He does be performing. And it's like, it's nice to hear, but at the end of the episode, sometimes I'm like, he didn't really say much. He'd be talking in, 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 in methodicals. So I think it's very important to separate because obviously the Joe Budden thing came out first, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember you sent me it and it was listening. And my initial reaction was, damn, Parks is spicy on this podcast I said right the now. same thing too, yeah. I'm like, yo, because Parks is kind of like... Always kind of, he seemed at least the week before 
whenever they did pod, I guess it was two weeks before because they did this week long vacation. Mm-hmm. Parks was like intermediary. Mm-hmm. He was riding with Joe, but he understood the other side. Mm-hmm. When it came to this podcast, it seemed like he was heavily entrenched mm-hmm. in the Joe Budden side and throwing little barbs at um, at Rory and Maul, which yep. I think that was the big, like one of the biggest takeaways that I had was like, yo, this is like a different parks. So something happened is what I thought. Um, I mean, it seems like it seems like parks was just surprised that they didn't show up and he was, and park has already said, yo, a, this is my livelihood. This is how I make money and I get paid very well. So I don't, I don't care what else happens. So long as I get paid well, I saw I'm good. But I think the thing, the difference is parks and everybody else on the Joe Budden podcast that's still there are salary. I don't know if parks are salary. No, it, if you, yeah, he's definitely salary. Oh, he is? Yeah. So everybody that's behind the scenes that's not on camera full time. Mm-hmm. So it's just Maul, Joe, Maul, Rory, and Joe were percentage splits or whatever it was. Okay. Everybody else's salary. And the reason why I'm saying that is in the response that Maul and um, Rory did, they talked about when that Cash App deal or the Patreon deal came in and they talked about the money. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, I'm feeling the sense that the behind the scenes staff is like, feeling overworked mm-hmm. so just give the money to them right right, right. it up and parks was one of those people mall kept saying parks, parks right parks parks because you know parks just i guess gets a flat you know salary for whatever he's doing mm-hmm. so that was the first thing the second thing was it it seemed like like joe really wanted really was worried about the way people were looking at him okay where do you get that from because Everything he was saying was to fl- feeling like he was being uh, demonized, like he felt like he was being victimized, like he was a victim because people were uh, speaking about, or like Rory and Maul were characterizing him in a certain way, mm-hmm. and that was what the biggest point he wanted to make was: this isn't what. The, let me tell you what's really happening. I'm going to be transparent. They, I gave them their opportunity to speak. They didn't want to tell the truth the right way, so I'm going to tell the truth. Okay, so let me let me give you my response or my reaction to the first one where Joe fired them. I listened to that, and I was kind of on the fence. I was like, okay, I totally understand Joe as an owner of the podcast and these guys working for him. A, you can't just walk out of something for six weeks unless it's a union job you could strike but everybody got strike right right everybody got a strike but two people y'all can't just leave and then just come back whenever you want right okay so there's that but of course they leave for a reason now the whole inviting me to my hands thing i always felt like that is so odd but okay i'll mm-hmm. go for it i'll go with it right right i'll i'll go with it i guess there's tension and fine. So I was writing, I was in the middle, but I was more on Joe's side because I was like, people got to recognize who's in charge of what. For sure. Okay. And for me, it was like, uh, it, it seemed, it seemed like when they say it was not about money and it's about respect to me, I figured it was Joe saying things to them off camera that was not 
nice. Right. Like he's clearly not a super nice guy. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I was kind of riding with him, and then he sent he, he sent them the accounting package, and it was beautifully made, and just all this stuff. And I, and I still didn't totally get it, but I was I was on that side of saying, okay, I think I totally understand where Joe's coming from. As the boss, as the leader, a lot of people don't know what it takes to be in charge. Right. You know, a lot of people don't understand. Like I told, I told the guys yesterday, right? I was just like, all right, if I charge a client uh, $1,400 to go shoot a video and I paid a DP $1,400, I pay myself uh, $700 and I pay myself $700. As the owner of the company, I don't get to keep $700. Right. I get to keep like 200 but he gets to keep 700, right? So in, in his mind, he must think that I'm big balling, split, yeah. right? Or, you know, but no, I have to pay for this company being alive, you know? And, and, I, and I pulled from that. I was like, all right, so maybe those guys don't understand that how much Joe has to pay. But, and I also realized that Joe is the draw, you know? Absolutely. Joe is the draw. He's, he, Maul and Rory are just kind of, I don't want to say they're there, but they're not the reason why most people come. In, in fact, there was an episode where it was Rory and Maul, and the episode was like an hour long uh, where Joe was like sick or he was on vacation or something, and they were just not uh, that exciting. I mean, definitely know? Joe has the takes. Joe has the performance. You know, Joe already has the brand and all that kind of stuff, and I think that Rory and Maul just set like the vibes you know what i mean like it yeah. gives, gives the alternate perspectives and it makes joe in a comfortable arena to be able to be himself right and and you can definitely see that because i stopped watching state of the culture because i just thought it was just too performative like i was used to joe being goofy and with his friends and all that stuff and then once he gets into this corporate setting it was just like oh this is lame right right so i i was 52 percent on joe's side then Rory and Maul dropped their response. I saw it was for $2, so I said, okay, these guys are trying to make thirty grand each off of this, okay? Because it, I'm pretty sure they can get 60,000 people to pay for this. If they were pulling a million a week, which I'm saying is probably a mixture of YouTube and uh, audio, they, they can get 60,000 60, people to get Especially this. Especially in something that's so, like, in the moment, like that response dropped oh, 15, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that was kind of intriguing to see. Like they had this thing set up, mm -hmm. ready to go. Like it looks like where Wayno does his podcast. I'm not sure though. Yeah, Bro. like they were, they had this plan. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I think that it, it's right for them to do that because Joe really put Rory's name in the dirt. Like firing him on camera, yelling, screaming, measly, manipulator, liar, all this stuff. Like, who's gonna want to hire Rory? True. You know, after all of that. So, I think it was in their best interest to do that. So they come out, and the first thing I noticed is that they did not call Joe out of his name. Out by his name, you mean? Out of his name. So they didn't say that bum, that this. They oh, didn't yeah, say yeah. none of that stuff. They didn't. It like, seemed like they felt bad for Joe a little bit. They it felt like they were like, dang, that's my homeboy, but like, come on, bro. You know, that's what that's what I got. So first of all, uh, they talk about their split. So it's a percentage based split. Joe, they asked Joe for the accounting. And he always got defensive about it. Well, it seemed like, I guess, even before that, right? 
So the relation, how it started and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the thing about like Rory has connections to industry heads because Mm -hmm. of the type of business that he's in. Mm -hmm. So it seems like from the start, any, if Rory ever discussed the podcast Mm -hmm. with anybody outside of Joe's um, realm or without Joe knowing about it, from what Rory's depicting, Joe gets very upset about that. Yes. So setting up the precedent that like Joe really like looks how he looks at these guys mm-hmm. versus, you know, it being a team environment. It's more like, nah, you guys are just employees of mine type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the second thing that uh, came to mind is when when Maul said Joe thinks that this show came from his rap career. And to be honest with you, I think it did. Absolutely. I think it did. Mainly because it's on the internet. If Joe put out an album, it would probably still be hard to to fill a venue. Right? It would probably still be hard to fill a venue because we don't like him for rapping. I mean, some people do. But because he's already a famous guy and he gets on a platform, he starts yelling and screaming and doing whatever he does, People, it's easy to click on something. It's easy. Yeah. And then once you click on it and you realize like, oh, this guy does this all the time, you get into the the zone of like, oh, let me go back and watch this. Oh, he's on Everyday Struggle. Let me watch that. Oh, he's on this. Let me watch that. So once you watch it enough, you could build a following. So, yes, his following, the following of the show 100% came from his rap career. And because Joe is good at it, it grew. I, yeah, I mean, I think the most captivating or the stuff that I really look forward to on the Joe Budden podcast when I used to watch it regularly was his breakdowns of albums, his breakdowns Mm of beefs, his breakdowns of all those types of things because of his understanding of the industry, Mm -hmm. him being a rap head and also like just his understanding of street culture plus corporate culture. Mm -hmm. And I just think he did a really good job of always like, tying in things like when he was breaking down like drake's album and stuff like that and mm-hmm. all the beats between drake and kanye and all that kind of stuff like that was really captivating stuff i thought yep you know and so that's and I, all that is because of joe's career in in you know hip-hop or whatnot yeah and so he 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 is the draw now they keep saying like we built this together yeah they were all there together. They were all there together. But so, in their defense, I think they're they stipulated to that. They understand that Joe's the draw. Yeah, one hundred. They weren't trying to say that. No, for we're sure. We're bigger personalities, or we're more of the podcast than them. Yes, they made it clear, like, yo, we know that most people are here for Joe. Yes, and that that's why we take a lower percentage than Joe takes. One hundred percent. But I think what they felt was. Joe's trying to act like they play no role in the show. Yes. And now after watching Joe's thing, I kind of was like, eh. I mean, they don't, they didn't try to do much more. And he's saying they were not prepared. They would come, they didn't listen to anything, so on and so forth. So I was like, okay, I could see where as the person who his name is on the show and you always want to make it better every single week, how that could come off. Like you're doing everything in your power to make this show really work. And then people your co-hosts, they come in and they're not on your level of preparation. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, but when I, when I went back to the mall and Rory response, it made me think, okay, first of all, when you're winning in the position that Joe is winning, um, 
they put in the time. They may not have put in the effort or the energy, the same thing that you put in, but that's why you get the bigger cut. Right. And when they said that, that they would bring up the accounting and he would just get defensive about that and call them names and say they were insecure and so on and so forth. To me, as a person who has gotten money before and knew like, hey, my team did something and I could easily just keep all the money myself. But the way and anything works is by being grateful for the people who help you get to your spot. And credit sometimes is not enough when you got more than credit. Right. So for Joe, he got all the money, more money than he's ever seen. He's getting to talk to Jay-Z all the time. He's got numbers in his phone that he didn't have before. Now the money has arrived and he feels like he's 99% of the draw. And so he deserves 99% of the money. And I can easily see what uh, Maul was saying with him just saying, hey, let's just get rid of these two guys. They're too expensive anyways. I could do this with anybody and I could pay anybody else less. And I could see that because there is this ultimate sense of self selfishness that comes from Joe's corner where it's like, dude, if you're realistically saying that there's too much money being made for people to be unhappy, then you shouldn't have a problem spitting it, splitting it with your guys, especially if they give you their time. If they give you their energy may not be the same energy and time that you put in it, but take the bigger cut, take 75%. Yeah. I think that, uh, Joe comes off looking pretty bad after this whole situation. Yeah. As far as just individual. And it's more because, He's still trying to play like he's playing the, he's above it. Mm-hmm. These are my guys. These are my friends. Pray for them. You know, like all this kind of stuff when in all actuality, it kind of seemed like, yo, Joe, like you're the issue, my dude. Like yeah. you, you're the one that, that like, I don't know, like it goes back to just business. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, when it comes to money, I don't think you should necessarily take like your emotions shouldn't get involved with that. If you are the CEO of a company and you have partners that are like expecting a certain percentage, like off of commission or whatever the case may be, like, or just even a, a, a individual that get, getting commission. Like I work plenty of commission jobs. I need to see what mm-hmm. went through, what didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Like if it's I'm in sales. About transparency too. Yeah. If you own stock in a company, they let you know every, like go to Disney and see their financial reports. You could see it. Right. You could legitimately see it. So for me, when I heard it, that he was just like, they, they were asking for the Spotify deal, like, how much did we make? Oh, no, I'm not sharing that with you. But then you turn around and you say Spotify needs to tell you or Complex needs to tell you what they got so you can get your fair share. Now, I will say this. The part about ownership, he don't got to give them any ownership. Right. Like, I totally understand that. Understood. Even if you're the guy saying everybody needs to take ownership, everybody needs to know their role and all this. I get it. Some things you just, that's mine. That's mine. Right. But pay the guys, like just pay them. Ultimately you will get more money keeping your entire team satisfied rather than you being the selfish guy who gets new teeth and new hats. But see, I don't think that from what I got from the mom Rory thing, it wasn't that they felt like they weren't getting paid. No, it's it's information that's getting hidden from them. What what I think the whole issue became is that 
it's just like why 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 anytime i ask a question you're taking it like the way mm-hmm. you're taking it mm-hmm. and why all of a sudden are you getting so hostile whenever these type of like easy situations are being brought up and it goes back to just like what you were saying and what they were saying is like yo this guy's changing yep and he started to feel himself and maybe he does think he's bigger than these guys and he doesn't need these guys and you know you know when Ma, when they came back and Ma and Rory were on the show you could tell how like Ma was upset about yep. him going it's still doing the show with Ice and mm-hmm. um who's the other guy Ish Ice and Ish and mm. you know that was kind of what for the biggest takeaway from my whole thing with uh the Ma and Rory response is Ma was emotional yeah and you don't really see Ma emotional that often. Mm-hmm. You don't see Ma really like dragging people or mm-hmm. like speaking on personal stuff. But he was taking shots at Joe, mm-hmm. taking shots at the music career, taking shots at, yo, you weren't even that good friends with these people, mm. taking shots at the wardrobe, taking shots at, yo, people have been telling me, you know, Joe is funny with the money, mm-hmm. you know, and name dropping. Mm hmm. Saying Royce, yep. Saying Crooked Eye, yep. You know, and and to me that was really like, yo, this is this is different. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because because this is the stuff that if Maul and Rory would actually like have done on the show, yeah. Like they would have been like better podcasters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of people feel like Maul like rarely spoke anyway. Yeah. Like, he didn't really have much of an opinion about anything. But like the next thing for me was the Excel sheet. Yeah. Oh, just here. Here's this Excel sheet. For me, I think all of accounting, like if you ever use, um, what's the name of that uh, program I use? Anybody know? QuickBooks. QuickBooks. If you ever use QuickBooks, you could legitimately just print out. Uh, For sure. A, yeah, a report and then maybe get like invoices, receipts, anything like that that you're spending. So when Joe said, oh, Rory's asking about where is this? Who? Why are we paying this? What is this expense about? It makes you think like, oh, well, if he's your employee, why does he need to care about that? But then you find out that, yo. They're all spending the cost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're, they're not, but they are at the same time. Because right. if I'm getting a percentage off, off the profit, then yeah, whatever you're paying comes out of my pocket too. So when when he when he said that like you just sent us an Excel sheet like that just seems grimy like it right. seems shady and that's what I keep saying about this the 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 selfishness it clearly seems like Joe said yo I can make more money without these guys see I think it also plays into Joe really paying attention to how he's being viewed I think Joe tries to act like this dude that doesn't care what people think about him oh he cares so much. He does, right? So much, and yeah. I think that he is trying to be this person that's a good person, a good friend, a loyal friend, and all this kind of stuff. But let's be real. Let's look at Joe's track record. Mm-hmm. It's not one of loyalty. Mm. It's not one of deep friendships, extended friendships. It's not one of you know being able to work through problems like. Every public relationship that we know about Joe, whether it be dudes, women, groups, whatever it is, ends with them breaking up in a very public, not very cordial way. Mm. So I think Joe wants to seem like this loyal guy and he's I don't he's not 
Yeah. And and that's okay. Yeah. It, it, because it doesn't make him a bad person. It makes him a bad person because you're trying to act like you're not that type of way, dude. Like, nah, like if you these guys were really your friends, you're not because all of the the Mall and Rory stuff was a response. All their stuff was in private. Mm-hmm. The only reason any of us know what's going on is because of Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe made it public. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, and that's that's kind of what my takeaway is. And obviously, all of us are a thousand miles away watching. And, you know, we're, we're getting tidbits here. And we're, we're, you know, filling in the blanks with our own personal experiences and stuff like that. But I just feel like um, how viral this went mm-hmm. is really sad because it seems like a lot of people were invested in, or at least paying attention to the show yeah and to see it just like fall apart yeah, i think it's a big mistake COVID. on joe's part you know what i mean like i agree i think he'll still be fine but i think he has something really good going with these guys and you know maybe he's not gonna he can make he, obviously he can make more a, a bigger chunk of the change with not paying these guys but you know, he's. I think he missed the big picture as far as yeah, like seventy percent of a million is more than you know, or seventy percent of a million is more than ninety percent of a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? Like right, right. you could have built this bigger and bigger and bigger. Had guys that you could have like, you know, because the the appeal and I think this one of the first podcasts that really like took off was the appeal was everybody felt like they were part of the crew. Mm-hmm. Like you felt like you were on the couch with these guys yeah. chopping it up and you wanted to hang out with these guys. Yep. And because you wanted to hang out with these guys, you're going to pay for that ticket to go to the live show and kick mm-hmm. it with them and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that same vibe is going to be there with whomever he brings in. No. Yeah. It just seems like he doesn't do good business and he doesn't do right by his people. But that that's what I keep saying about the selfishness part. Cause it's like when you start seeing money come in, you see how people uh, talk about like corporate America, right? It's all about greed, greed, greed. How right. can we make more greed, greed, greed? The average person, the average person doesn't know what they're going to do when they have to split $4 million. Right? Yeah. The average person doesn't have a big problem splitting a $100 bill at a restaurant. But once the bill gets too big, all of a sudden people got problems. Right. Right? I ain't know to that. That's not on me. Right. I didn't even eat that much of that. Exactly. Right. (laughs) So, but then, but then the moment if like the higher the number goes, the more somebody's greed is going to get to it. Right. And that's, that's legitimately why I keep saying like, this is such a small problem because these guys are asking for the accounting. And then if you send them a, a, an Excel worksheet or whatever, and it just seems phony, like you're hiding something. You're, and then once they said the $400,000 mistake, ain't no $400,000 mistake. These guys are are sitting there. And before, I was kind of more on academic side. Like, I was like, oh, okay, these guys are just bums sitting there. You know, they upset disgruntled workers and stuff. But then you find out, like, they are actual, they're like, they're partners in this. Right. You know, they're low-key owners. They're not owners, but they're partners. And... um. When 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 you point out a four hundred thousand dollar mistake, why are you getting upset? Four hundred thousand yeah. dollar mistake is a huge difference in how much these guys get paid, and they work. You may not like how they work, but they work, right? And they it didn't seem like from the way that was being explained, 
They didn't even think that was on Joe. They were just like, yo, this doesn't make sense. He's talked to wealth management about it mm -hmm. and they admitted to the issue, mm -hmm. like the mistake, and they fixed it. Like, but my whole thing is when you say that this is a simple thing, easy thing to fix, this is just a symptom. The virus is something completely different. And the virus, this was this podcast would have never worked. It, I don't think I don't agree with you that this could have been fixed. Because at the end of the day, this had this was just what was the final straw or what actually sunk the ship. Mm -hmm. But the ship was going to get sunk regardless because the leader wasn't a good leader. Right. And, and it's, 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 it would have shown up in another way. If it's it wasn't it's a this. transparency problem. It's not a, even a transparency. It's a it's more of a uh, like Maul said, a respecting, but it's more of like the ego got too big mm -hmm. to where you're not. Like Joe's vision for all this stuff about Joe, like coming up and being like, I see like the bigger picture and I'm looking five years down the line, 10 years down the line, this whole podcast space and, you know, people don't, aren't on my level and all this kind of stuff, dude. Like, nah, man, you aren't seeing what it was because Rory and Maul, not, not to disrespect them and stuff, but like both of us have run businesses before. There's a certain type of person where you can... They, they don't necessarily need money to feel valued. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Rory and Maul were those type of people that if Joe just um, finessed them in a different way, mm -hmm. it would they wouldn't even it wouldn't even be about money. Their issues weren't money. Mm -hmm. Their issues was the way that he was treating them. Yeah. And if he would have finessed them and saw, even if he was like, "Yo, I, I could hustle these guys. I could make more money. I could make. I could hustle these guys out of money," which is sh shitty, but. The truth is, like, he could have done it with these guys because they don't seem like that ambitious type of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. And they were just, like, kind of along for the ride. And all they wanted to do was feel, like... Validated. Exactly. Yeah. Or feel some kind of, like, appreciation. Mm -hmm. And Joe couldn't even give them that. Yeah, yeah. It really is on how you treat people. And your success is not your success. It's based on your team. And I'll tell you this story about, like, one time with me and Chris... One time um, we did something and this is like maybe Chris is like second year editing or third, second year or something like that. And then uh, and then he <laughs> he left something in the shop and he, in his eyes, he was just kind of like, this is fine. And I think in the editing session, I wasn't there. But Chris, if you remember, uh, I don't want to say his name, but like you pretty much said, like, this is fine. It's the shot is really quick so we can leave it in the shot you remember that it was it uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. okay and the editing session he didn't say anything right he was just like oh, okay right right all right i got a call that like maybe the next day or later that evening a lot of yelling a lot of cussing just <laughs> just yeah, a lot man. just a lot and my in my opinion I don't really care what the uh, client asks for. I just give it to him. Like you, you're paying me, right? Just take it yeah, here. You know, even if I think it sucks, your choice sucks. Yeah, here, I don't have to put this on my resume. I don't right. have to put it on my website. Like you paid me already. Good, good. Enjoy. So when that when I got that phone call, and we were kind of up for like a way bigger project. 
So I was a little disappointed. I was like, ah, damn, we just lost that. So I called Chris. I was like, Chris. All right. So when you talk to uh, the clients, if they ask for something, just give it to them. He was like, all right. I was like, just so you know, <laughs> we're up for like a way bigger thing. He's not going to work with us anymore, but just kind of take this as a teachable moment and learn from it. And am I wrong, Chris? Something like, it pretty much happened like that. Essentially. Yeah. And then I was, I just kind of was like, just whatever. If the client says they want it, just give it to them. That's it. Just like, it doesn't matter what your opinion is, unless it's a really good opinion. Like if it's like a technical one, you know, if the client says like, Oh, slow this down, but they didn't shoot it in slow motion. And you say, that's going to look horrible. And they still say, give it to them, give it to them. But in this situation, I was like, just give them whatever, just give them whatever they want. And I think that that's the difference because I could have, I could have turned back to Chris and said, Chris, like I, I could do that, you know, but I don't necessarily look at it that way in a leadership st- style way of looking at things. You know, I know I'm a lot to work with because I kept Chris up really late plenty of times when he has to go to work like five hours later. But and that's just the type of work I am. I'm just kind of like, let's just get this done. But in this case, you know, I do tell people like when things get messed up, but I try to keep it, you know, I try to have a certain sense of reverence and, and respect, even if I have to like come down on people and say, yo, this is where things got messed up. This is where I lost money. This is this. And this is that the difference is remembering that you're your team and your team is you. And, you know, if you continue to, if you treat people like trash then you'll get trash back, especially if they don't quit, that's the worst. Because if you treat people like complete garbage and they stay with you, you're never going to get high quality work from them. They're just going to be there for a paycheck or they're just going to be there just to be there. But they're not incentivized. They're not excited to work for you. It's just like when your parents say, I'm disappointed in you, you know, that's, that's worse than anger and yelling and all this stuff. Cause you're like, ah, oh, man, like I did not want to do that. Yeah. But taking it back to like, you know, Joe, like here's the thing, like we sometimes I think put artists and, um, you know, these kind of people that we see like that are famous or whatnot mm-hmm. on this pedestal thinking that there's some kind of like, whiz like they understand like they're all entrepreneurs and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that's not true like i it's think joe they're if you watch the podcast they're pretty honest like this is the first time they're ever like really building a business mm-hmm. and i think this is growing pains for a first business like yep. joe's realizing first successful business and and joe could come back from this in the sense like he could uh, if he actually looks himself in the mirror um um you know networks with more successful entrepreneurs, more successful business owners, because I already, so here's one of the things that I think, um, people don't understand about really sex successful people, people that make a lot of money. They're not always necessarily genuine when they do things. They do things with the purpose. They always have a reason for why they're doing things. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a story. So I, you know, used to work with, uh, this, 
um, used to have this mentor who's ultra successful, multi multi millionaire, runs you know multiple businesses internationally, sales works with some of the top uh, top. A client like fortune 500 companies fortune 100 companies and i was having dinner with him because you know i was doing pretty well in the business and he wanted to network and so on and so forth so i told this gentleman and let's just call him steve his name wasn't steve but just for this story so i was like you know steve i see how much you give back to your people you know you're just such a good guy and he looked at me and he's like sunil i'm not a good guy and I was like, come on, Steve, like I saw you just gave $10,000 to this, this person. And, you know, I see you giving, you know, uh, you know, money to this person. You gave money to this person. He's like, Sunil, that's not because I'm a nice guy. I'm not a nice guy. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, look, if I keep people happy on my team, mm-hmm. they're going to make me even more money. Yep. It's not because I'm a nice guy and I want to make these guys feel good because it makes me feel good. I need, I'm doing it because they're a part of my business and I need them to do a certain job for me to be able to, you know, make more money. So, and, 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 you know, moving forward in that relationship with this, with this person, I realized that dude, like this reverence that I had for him went from me thinking he was just like this ultra good person to me just like being in awe of his business savvy and him knowing how to play the game mm-hmm. and manipulate and get things to where they need to be to have the the most success. It's just chess. Yeah. And Joe played the chess game the wrong way. 100%. And he could learn from this because the problem is with hip hop and sometimes the problem with, you know, all this stuff is people are too into like the intentions and the destination. And not only destination, but like Joe's really worried about how he's coming off. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it doesn't need to be genuine. You are you don't have to treat somebody good because you're a good person. Treat somebody good because you need them to make yourself even more money. Like at the end of the day, it sounds shitty, but when we're talking about business. Just take care of your people. Just take care of your people. That's and even if it's not true. like, even if you even if you don't like genuinely like feel good about taking care of your people, that's fine. He should have seen that. Look, my business is better with these two guys here and they're cheaper or they're like, we've built it. We have this repertoire. We're tra- We're touring. Like we can make this bigger and bigger. They're not the type of people that are going to be asking for big pay raises and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting them on the cheap for what we're, we're developing here. Mm-hmm. And his podcast is what spun off to him getting the revolt deal mm-hmm. to him getting, you know, complex and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was getting his personal money, his personal pockets were getting bigger and bigger off of the platform for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And these guys only wanted a piece of the podcast. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, Joe, what are you doing, bro? Right. Right. The podcast isn't even your biggest moneymaker. Everything right. you're doing outside of it yep. is 100% your profit. Yep. So why, like, it's just mind-boggling. And I think Joe's a smart enough guy and hopefully has the right type of people around him where he could be like, damn, I am, like, being stupid. Like, whether or not, like, whether or not how people think about me, like, I played this the wrong way. Yeah. And that's what he should learn from this because, you know, it, it now... It, when you have a great platform, like you don't want to mess that up over 
something so stupid. That's what I. That's why I'm saying this could have been solved because if Joe had taken a look in the mirror way earlier on, which he won't, because you could see the trend in his in his personality where he's getting hyper aggressive about these specific scenarios where he he wants he wants the glory any honor mention you know what i'm saying yeah like he wants it off he wants to all be the, the one that yeah that walks into the i got us this deal right when rory said he had he sat down with the dude and he and he didn't want rory to get that he doesn't want rory to have any value at all but the exact opposite is how you create your own value exactly i read this quote from uh the guy who started sandwich um sandwich co about a year ago and he was they asked me like how did you find so much success and he was like dude it's all on my team my team is the reason why i got here and not to say i've ever been like a really selfish person i've always tried to be the person that like put myself on the line make sure everybody else was taken care of before i was taken care of but that clicked in my mind even more than ever and the moment that i started just you know asking for more for the team and and doing things for the team that's when i realized like oh snap this side of life is way sweeter and and i think a first-time business person who sees those big numbers has to avoid that selfishness to say this is all mine 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 right in to to get over that hump of what you're seeing right now because what's in the future right is so much greater so much better with the people that you want there and i think what the um common misunderstanding is it has to be because you're a good person like i genuinely i don't know about joe budden as a person from everything that i've seen and whatnot he doesn't seem like the nicest person he doesn't seem like the most genuine person no you know he seems like you know an asshole and i think he's honest about it and whatnot but he doesn't need to change himself as like needing to be a more genuine person needing to be a more caring person it's not about that it's about yo you're playing a game Mm -hmm. you're playing chess there's no emotions it's just about make the right move Mm -hmm. and and whether or not your intentions are pure or not it doesn't matter even if it's for self he could be selfish but in being selfish he needed to use these pawns or whatever piece on the chessboard they are to to keep making moves and instead he he played the game wrong yeah totally wrong played his hand wrong and that's what it was like i don't think he needs to i think he's like there's a lot of selfish people and bad character people that are very successful because they know how to play the game absolutely they they know it's not just them they're not the king the queen and the whole kingdom yep and i think joe just thinks he's better at the game than he actually is i agree with that i think he's pretty poor at business yeah yeah ak said it too he said he's i think joe's not a very good ceo and remember when him and Charlemagne were getting into it as far mm-hmm. as that, like, mm-hmm. you know, Joe, I think Joe sometimes, because he's the loudest voice in the room, that makes him believe that he's also, like, the most, the smartest person in the room. But that's just a sign of insecurity. Person. Yeah, I mean, you, you know. could tell Joe's super insecure. Very insecure. Um, but to close out on this topic, I 100% thoroughly enjoyed academics smoking under Rory, Rory runs, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, sending Rory the, uh, the, 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 biz, the boss man business card. Like 
Academics made my week. Um, I've been listening to academics for a long time. I can understand how people don't like him, but the guy is hell of an entertainer. Like he just, he kept me entertained for like five hours with this whole Rory and Maul thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I appreciate the guy. I, I wonder him. what he's going to do now because I feel like the Rory and Maul thing is so much more uh, of what his content has been for the past, like. Oh no, nah. academics academics has a variety. But he did love picking on Rory. Yeah. And I think it's because Rory was talking all that trash about him right. two years ago, maybe. And then I guess Rory sent some guys, maybe, I don't know, allegedly, to his house, um, over the girl. Um, <laughs> academics uh said you know, he he put his business out on Front Street. Uh so You think yeah. Rory and Ma bounce back? Um, you think they have a nah. they have any say in the podcasting world? You think they're just gonna like? Nah, not, I don't think we no see much be. more from Maul, um, and I don't. I, I think Rory goes back into kind of his shell and role. yeah, just goes back and behind the scenes. Yeah, but How I do. do think- I do think that some of the reason why Rory manages whoever he manages, like uh, Emotional Orange, is tied to the podcast. Because I feel like, in a certain sense, he he can market them way better right. than somebody else could. But you think that that falls away now, though? I think that there might be a slow unraveling for. for well, he Rory. has he had Duce Palooza. I don't know what that was. Yeah, well, Duce Palooza. Um, I actually tried to go to it when it was called Henny Palooza, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they got sued or something. But uh, Duce Palooza is just a big party. Right, but it's pretty successful, right? Oh, yeah. I think it, it made, like, multi-millions. I actually don't think that Rory is, like, rich or anything. Um, I think he just made, you know, an average amount of money. But um, because Duce Palooza was with multiple people. Right. Um, I think maybe that comes back, you know, once co- once COVID's done. And I, I think he'll know, be right. I mean, I think he's I think been he'll in be the fine, industry. You know, yeah. but not, like... He's not going to be as popular that, no, or famous. No, no, no. How do you think Joe Budden podcast that goes on from here? Yeah, it does fine. Ro, ro, uh, uh, Ice and Ish, they perform better than Rory and Maul. I never really liked listening to Rory all that all that much, Only mainly because like I agreed most of the time when Rory spoke. He's smarter than Joe. He's more educated than Joe. So he kind of like, he it, when Joe said something incredibly stupid, um, Rory would be there to be like, Actually, no, blah, 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 right? But um, I didn't necessarily enjoy him because I thought, I think Rory's awkward. Like, he he's awkward on the mic. He's awkward when speaking. He laughed. Like, he's awkward. So I just, eh, eh, you know, uh, I, I, I wish they had an Andrew Schultz, but they don't. <laughs> Andrew Schultz 101, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Andrew Schultz does it better than... Uh, than than Rory does, uh, Maul on the hand, I have no, I don't know what Maul does anyway. So right, you know, but I think the show does fine. I think maybe it even grows in listenership. Yeah, I don't know. I I actually don't think it's gonna grow. I think his 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 uh, platform will grow because he's doing like Joe Budden Network or whatever. So he'll probably attract certain talent and all that kind of stuff. But the actual show itself, I don't know. I think he has to. I think he needs conflict for that show to be good. So he has to create some more conflict, whether it be rap beef, whether it be whatever, because that conflict between him, Rory, and, you know, like all that kind of stuff was what the show was. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to do the same thing with Ish and, 
And uh, nice. Ice, I don't think he's well, going to be able to Well, according to ACK, um, when Mal and Rory left Ish and Ice, they got like a 30% bump in listenership. And uh, and they people love Ish and Ice. Like, they really like them more than Rory and Mal. Like, when Rory and Mal came back, people were saying, like, no, <laughs> please, no, bring back Ish and Ice. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. It could be also because of the turmoil that people were tuning in, trying to see what what they were yeah, going to say was and happening. stuff like yep, that. Yep, so true. now that it's resolved, who knows? Resolved or so. Yeah, I mean, I as like far as we know, come that back it's together. Done. But yeah, it's done. who knows, man? I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's all up to Joe. I think these guys would come back because I think that this is the most famous and popular and the most money that they're going to be able to make. Yeah, is through this. It's just whether or not Joe could realize. That he made a mistake in the way that he played the game. And, you know, that, like I said, I mean, Joe, I don't think the podcast is where Joe was going to be able to maybe maximize the money because he's splitting with them. But all of his other stuff, he had so much more access to, like, all the networking that he had to make bigger deals that he didn't need to include these guys in. Hmm. I think Joe's a little bit out of it, me personally. Like, out of his mind. I mean, yeah. I think that's what makes him intriguing as well. That's true. All right. We are going to film something and then we're going to come right back. If there's one thing I didn't think I would still be going through in my 30s, it's getting stood up. Yikes. I got stood up. A billion times in my 20s. Last couple of years of my, of my teens, stand up king. I go places, sit there for an hour. You still coming? No response. Wow. I remember this one, Nikki, in college. I drove, see, in college, North Hollywood to Pasadena is a drive. Yep. Because you ain't got no money. <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna take it there. No, I was I, talking I, about mileage. No, traffic no, it was though. Like it, it was a lot of these things because it was like, all right, I probably had like a hundred dollars, and gas prices were high. That's it. Yeah, when I was in college, we was in a recession. Obama was president. Oh, big Obama was president. Daca King. You like Obama, Chris? Yeah. All right, for sure. So. Obama was president. The gas prices in LA was like five dollars, mm. and so homegirl texted me. After I texted her, she texted me back. I was like, "Yo, we still meeting tonight?" She's like, "Yeah, for sure, come through." And I was gonna take her somewhere nice too, because that's my thing. I be treating these women too nice. Wait, what, what's nice? I probably I don't know. The, the finest McDonald's you could <laughs> <laughs> somewhere that was dining. Uh, nah, it we was, wasn't going through the drive-through nah, line. Nah, nah, nah. I think I was about to go crazy at Olive Garden. <laughs> I like Olive Garden. I was. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Olive Garden. One of my old teachers actually asked her out on the elevator in front of everybody, and she was like, "You can't afford me." I was like, what "Do you mean I can't afford you?" She was like, "Where, where would you take me?" I said it loud and proud. Olive Garden. She was like, I told you you can't afford me. Ding. Walked off. Wow. I was so embarrassed. I was like, my mom takes me there for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, them bread skits are bomb. Their bread sticks are bomb. They're bomb. I think it's endless, too. Yeah. yeah it's late out here. Well, anyways, I texted her. She texted me back. Yep, we're on. 
think I was going to take her to Olive Garden. I put on the freshest shirt. Frank looked at me. He was like, yeah, you look good. Sheldon looked at me. These are all my roommates at the time. Yeah, you look good. I was looking fresh. I think I worked out twice that day. Mm. Got that nice push-up in. Oh, my gosh. I looked incredible. You was doing just arms and shoulders. Man. <laughs> I even did back, too. I, I think I might have did some neck exercises. Okay. You never know what I was doing. You never know. All right? I got in the car. 2000 Camry drove all the way to Pasadena. Mm. I think I saw my gas tank go from full to a quarter. Yikes. I was like, yo, I mean, this is the baddest chick I knew. Baddest chick. I got there. I sat there. They said, for how many? You, you said it confident I too. I was huh? proud to. Dose. Oh, hit him with the Espanol. I was like, you know French? <laughs> <laughs> And then I sat there. I waited. He was like, "You want to order something while she's while she's getting here?" I was like, "Nah, it's not. It's not cool. It's not cool." You using your college prep words? You know I mean, I ain't learned not a thing in college. <laughs> I learned Shakespeare. <laughs> so I said, "It's not cool to start, you know, before she arrives." Mm. Thirty minutes in, I was like, "Yo, let me just get one thing because I'm, <laughs> like, I'm a little hungry." How many I'm, times you text her at this time? I text her. About 20 minutes in, I was like, yo, I'm here. Just let me know when you get here. Response, no response? I said, no response. Dang. No response. Wow. Then I waited another 20 minutes. I was, I, I decided to call. Because at the time, I never thought you weren't coming. I just thought something, something happened. happened to you. So I called. I was like, yo, you good? Go straight to voicemail. Mm. So I was like, damn, she's dead. Maybe there's an accident. Maybe there was an accident that she was in. That's that's scary. So at this point, you're scared. I was scared. I was like, damn, not the accident. An hour later or an hour into this whole night, call it a wrap. I order some real quick. I eat it on the way home. Ooh. Just sad. I didn't care how many calories it was. Man. That Alfredo sauce is all on your shirt. Huh? I'm all on the seats. <laughs> the very next morning, she texted me and said, my bad, I fell asleep. Oh, and you know that was a lie, too. Oh, big lie. Just a lie. Just the biggest lie of the decade. Your phone don't go straight to voicemail when you take a nap. Oh, come on. You turn that thing off so you can get, you know, you know. Or sent you straight to the oh, for sure. FU button. And that describes many times... I done sat there like a clown. Mm. I actually did get accident once, too. That's crazy. Yeah. But you know what? I actually have an appreciation for the good curve. By what is a good curve? Let me tell you one. Okay. All right. So I was sitting. This is probably in um, college as well. Okay. And, you know, we you were got $100? Uh, I I work. I've been working. I worked all through college, so I always had a little bit of money. Shoot, I yeah. worked too. I was just broke still. <laughs> um, so, um, so we were sitting there, and like in my apartment, and like it was me and my boy and two girls or whatnot, and I think we were just doing like either chilling or we were about to go to like pre gaming to go somewhere to some club or whatnot. So, anyways, like we talking and like. In casual conversations, he's talking to one, I'm talking to one. And, you know, we're talking about, like, um, dating or whatever. And, like, oh, like, she asking about, like, oh, have you and 
your boy ever like <laughs> hooked up with the same girl or something like we that kind of conversation. You already know what Chanel said, yeah, right, Chris? Like, no. So mm-hmm. I was like, so here's the curve. So I'm talking to this girl and I'm feeling I'm like, okay, like maybe let me plant some seeds so that you know she comes back at the night too. And so I'm like, oh, you know, would you ever, would you ever, you know, date somebody that you're that your friend dated and she started laughing and she was like, um, no, I wouldn't. And then she was like, you know, I actually got a friend that I think I'd like to set you up with. Okay. And in my head, I'm like, dang, like you're like, dang. So like, she's not into it. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also like, that was like the nicest way to curve somebody too. Like I was like, that is some skill. That's not bad. (laughs) That is really good. Curve. Shout out to Sasha. But did she have somebody to set you up with? I mean, I don't remember, but I was just like, it's more <laughs> you about know, like. I've been through too many, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't even remember. Yeah, that was but I'm just 30 saying, 60, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that was that was admirable. <laughs> that stood out. See, knowing me, I would have been like, Nah, I want you, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna keep trying. Yo. Matter of fact, now that you bring her up, I want the both of you. <laughs> Yo, but you ever have a good story like that from a female? Man, I've been rejected every kind of Yeah, but I mean, ways. like obviously if you're a dude, you've been a, and you you try, you play the game, you have been rejected, but every kind there's of way, different yeah. levels of rejection, you know what mm. I mean? Like the obviously the worst is the the stand up, the like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I yeah, respect yeah. the woman that curves in like a very classy, witty way. Where you're, they're letting you down, but they you play, know, they stroke your ego. Stuff. Yeah, not even stroke your ego, but it's just done in a way that's like you got to respect it. You know what I actually really like? There's this girl that I, I, I like since I met her when I was 18. Low, she's she's like <sighs> bellissimo. She's like that, you know, like that. Like you wish you could speak Italian. Oh my gosh! And every time I tell, her, I'm like, low. I really like you. And she'll be like, I don't like you at all. (laughs) (laughs) She always says it. It doesn't matter. And she's like such a nice girl too. That's the, that's the funniest thing to me. She says it in the most ruthless most like, you will hey, not misunderstand this. I don't this want there to be all. no questions about what signals I'm sending out. There is a zero percent sure chance, Kelby, that you and me will ever be anything. I need you to know. And Just, I, your and I persistence. I never let my foot off the gas one time. I was like, "Well, how do I get a date with you?" She was like, "You legitimately need to have like five million dollars. Wow, you got to fly me out to Africa. We can have a date there. But if you don't have the tax returns to show that you got five million dollars, don't even talk to me." Wow, and I would be like, "Well, damn, I need to start saving." <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. one time I told her I was like, "Lo, how do I get a girl like you?" But that's actually you. She was like, "Sorry, never gonna happen." Wow, <laughs> yo, ruthless. But you gotta respect it. I respect like, it. Yo, I never stopped trying either. There's no games. I think it's I like... tested her last week. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, the the. <sighs> I. 
I don't mind getting rejected. I just don't like being ignored. And that that's be, the worst. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I get it. Like, I think there's probably women that, you know, I'm, I, I think being a woman is probably way different from a guy. They're getting, you know, we're one of probably a hundred invitations that they're getting at all time. Like, I always think like a woman's Instagram, a woman's like, uh, social media is way different than a dude's social media. Like their DMs, they probably never go to their social media without like DMs there, flying like, all up just in like there. you have guys saying, "Oh, you're beautiful. You're this. Oh, you're that." Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, but every time I ask, they be saying they don't get that. I mean, they the got lies. Yeah, they they got it. They got to keep it humble. You don't get a bunch of people in your DMs. I get zero. The only people I get in my DMs are doing like they're like, "Oh, if you." Send your cash app to this. Like. <laughs> I am Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah, like I am like, here to help yeah, you. Yeah, okay. but I mean, I'm not really that active on like IG. You know, I don't put up most posts, and I'm private, so you know, oh like, shoot, people can't see all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, so like going back to to my point, so like I understand that like women probably. It gets frustrating. Like to us, it's the one time we've tried to approach them, but they're probably thinking about a hundred other times that they're mm-hmm. like that day that a guy tried to, and they probably just didn't weren't interested. You know what I mean? It'd be tough saying no that many times, but it does suck as a guy to be like just ignored or like play games. You know, just like be straight yeah, up. Like, yeah. and us as men, if a girl straight up and is like, yo, like, I'm not interested. I appreciate it. Thank you for the compliment. But you know, I'm, I'm like not interested or I'm seeing somebody, whatever it is. It's on us to respect that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what? This is what I really don't like when you put it on your kids. Mm. I talked to a couple girls like, Oh, no, nah, I can't make it that day. I'm hanging out with my kids and we got this thing. Or that. You get on Instagram. They are, out in the streets, in the streets, painting the town red with their mm. kids, uh, not with their kids, with their friends. <laughs> their kids are at home with baby daddy. Right. I just like my main thing. I think is just don't ignore me. Just tell me like straight up, right. like low. Just tell me I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I'll be fine. But here's the thing. I think a lot of people like options. Options, yeah. Well, people like attention, attention, and you know, just the attention, and then like. You know, you never, they maybe they never, they don't want to burn any bridges just in case. See, which that, is weak. I think that's weak. And on is. both sides, even when a guy does it, that's weak too. Like keeping, it's like stringing somebody along and all that kind of stuff. Like, yo, I, if you're going to play, play around, have a roster, all that kind of stuff, be honest about it. Let everybody know what, what's going on. Don't let somebody feel they're in something that's deeper than what, what you're actually putting in. Because at the end of the day, like you don't want to hurt people. You shouldn't want to hurt people. You should care about because those are scars that, you know, can hurt people in the long run and, and all that bumps. kind of stuff. Say that again? And bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I uh, I think when it comes to rejection, because I, I have rejected people, too. You know, a lot. <clears throat> Not a lot. You are Kelvin <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> Mr. Nah. 305. Nah, but, well, <laughs> 954. <laughs> but I think my, my favorite thing to do is to ask people's intentions. Right? Like, that's the best way. Wait, yeah. wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, play this out for me. All right, so yesterday, beautiful girl, beautiful. She DM'd me. She was, and 
Actually, it wasn't only yesterday. Like, she's been hopping to my DMs for a good minute. Okay. And she's always, like, real subtle with her approach. And then, so I posted a meme that pretty much said, like, girls don't shoot their shot, right? Like, mm-hmm. they just, like, oh, well, you didn't try, right? Like, you're lost. And so she responded, and she was like, bro, I've been trying to holler at you for a long time. Hey. But, like, I clearly am not that interested. Like, I'm interested in the fact, like, she's a nice girl, and she's, pe- like, pretty and everything, but it's just, like, not my time right now. And uh, What do you mean? What do you mean, not my time? It's not my time with her. <laughs> like, uh, was it like two weeks ago you wanted to get married? <laughs> just, 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 you know, what I mean? just, about that transparency thing uh, we were talking just, about. You know, just, that's in business, King. That's in business. All right, it, it, that's strictly financial. This is tug of war. All right, so go on. Okay. So what'd you say to her? So, I, so I was like, oh, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you are everything we are talking we don't want when a girl curving up. I was like, you been trying to have me? Oh, I was like, for yeah. real? She was like, You're yeah. nasty. No, you like no, no, listen, 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 listen. I was like, because I like I said, all her attempts have been subtle. It's uh, they've always been like I don't even know. It's never like, oh, you're cute or anything. It's always just like a a funny little thing. So to me, I was like, she could be flirting with me, but she could not because it's all texting. Okay. So I wasn't 100% sure. So when she said that to me, I was like, oh, for real? So she was like, yeah, you know, I think you're this. I think you're that. Blah, blah. I was like, ah, boy. I was like, I'm a little dense. Dense. You got to tell me that you are trying to holler at me when you're trying to holler at me. Because like, if you try to play the like, I think your memes are funny, like that's why I posted it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so- <laughs> Yo, you remind me, have you seen those like uh those reels or those TikToks where it's like the guy is like fixing the girl's car or like a plumber mm-hmm. and she's like coming on to him like, Oh, oh yeah. I know where you could put my pipe <laughs> and it's like, Oh, you talking about the three inch or the five inch? Yes. Like, like that's you right now. <laughs> yes. And so she was like, Oh, okay. So then we got into like another conversation because I was just like Oh, right? you're trying to curve. And so and then she and then at the end of that conversation, maybe like 10 minutes later, she wrote me, and sorry, I skipped a part. I said, if a girl is trying to holler at me, you have to write, bruh, I am hollering at you. <laughs> right? And then so like 10 minutes later, she wrote me back and was just like, bruh, I am trying to holler at you. So what's up? And <clears throat> I got like a little squeamish. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this to happen. I was like, you're serious. (laughs) (laughs) Do I I go low? (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, so I said, oh, oh, for real, for real. Okay. I ain't even put, I ain't even piece it together like that. So, all right. Well, I said, I said, like, what you, what's, what's your intentions with me? (laughs) Yo, you sound like the father of a guy that's trying to date your daughter. <laughs> but this is you. <laughs> that's what I told her. I was like, what's your intentions? And she said, I'm looking for something serious. I said, Oh darn. She's like, I'm just looking for some fun. Oh darn. I'm looking for marriage. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. No. Yo, 
if it was a last oh, year, I was in that mode. But right now, I'm really working. Gosh. I'm really working with Jesus. I change, <laughs> I'm changing my life around. Yeah, that's pretty much what. So she's like, I'm looking for something serious. And mind you, she's a beautiful girl, but just I don't know. Just, you know, that ain't me. But I was like, ah. Ah, oh, this is the wrong timing, bro. Because uh, I'm I'm out here having a city boy summer. But, but clearly, she doesn't watch the. Nah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she does because I'd be promoting it. But um, yeah, yeah. And she was like, ah, oh, well, you know, you seem like great, all this stuff. And I was just like. So we get like we good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. That, that that's interesting though. Like, so are you the type of dude? And Chris, you could jump in on this too. Um, that like, do you like a girl that would come straight out and be like, "Yo, I'm interested"? Yes. Or do you like the chase a little bit? You like no. to? I don't want to play any more games. If you like me, just tell me. Mm. Because I think as a guy, like. And that's a guy who's been rejected as many times as I have and has been stood up that many times. I, I actually don't know how to read some women now, like mo- most women. I don't know how to read the situation. Right. Because there are plenty of times where I was like, oh, snap, she said, yes, we're about to go wild, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm stuck in Olive Garden with a rose in my teeth, you know? So, so now I'm just like. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, hey, do you remember that part of the story? (laughs) You don't get girls flowers (laughs) on a first date. Oh my god, that you've never even met them. Well, I knew her, yeah, but clearly not enough to where she's standing you up on a first date. I saw her at school. (laughs) Oh my god, Chris, you never got flowers for a girl? I have, yes. Okay, there you go. I don't on a first date. Damn, you demon season over Maybe. here. Maybe. Hey, but here's my here's I'm my all thing. about good impressions, man. Wear nice shoes and get them flowers. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I see. But um <laughs> so here's my thing. Oh boy. I do the, the bare minimum. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not so talking about that. In a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'll take a shower. Nah, but um the problem so I do respect girls that are up front and we're like yo like i'm really feeling you like we should you know move whatever but i do like a little bit of a chase because sometimes it'll just get boring if it comes too easy or if it came like if it's just like straight out i don't know like there's i think it could get boring well at yes i don't know if <laughs> I'm a complex human being. No, you're actually very simple, but you tried you you tried to be a somebody that you're not right now. The truth is, yeah, I want it to be like tell me you like me so I can reject you. You got it. You got it. The pot's done. No, here's the thing. Here's here's why this popped into my head. So there was this one girl who was really into me. Mm. Like more than I was into me. <laughs> That's a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really know how to react because she was like, we was at a party one time and she was pretty much trying to rip my clothes off in front of everybody. Uh, and I was like, yo, you got to relax. You was feeling your body at that point in life, though. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at right. yeah. 
So she, like we went out to the stair stairwell staircase area, and she was like right here, right now. I was like, "Yo, you have some respect for yourself <laughs> and for me and for the situation." Oh my god! And I felt turned off because I was like, "Damn, she likes me too much." Mm. And my mom was like, "That's not good. You need a woman who likes you more than you like her." That was the advice my mother gave me. She was like, because if you like a woman more than she likes you, she has every reason to leave you. But if you have, if a woman likes you more than you like her, you're good. You're safe. You have every reason to leave her. <laughs> like what? Well, that Mama. Me, that puts me in the position of power. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, this, I, is I, I, this is toxic. This is toxic. I always, always got to be up and stuck. You understand? That's that's what my mother told me. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to talk trash about my mom? No. no, man. All right. That's what she told me. So I was telling her about this girl. I was like, yo, this girl was just doing the most. And I was instantly turned off. I was like, all I need for you is just tell me. The rest, I got it. Mm. Or I'll, or I'll also be turned off. But uh, <laughs> but it, just tell me in a polite way, like, hey. What's a way that they could tell you that they like you without actually having to tell you that they like you? Man, hold the hand. So physical touch? Yeah, that's it. Because I can misinterpret a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like, <clears throat> there was somebody who used to get me a lot of gifts. Like she used to like buy me food and get me like sweaters and stuff like that. And I was like, I think this girl likes me because like clearly like if a girl's making you food, she's staying up late. She's calling you. She's doing this. That, that. Like, obviously, this girl likes you. Mm. And so but I was already in my mode of like, I don't know how to read these women. So thanks for the gift. And I'm going to be over here. And <clears throat> she never made a move on me or anything like that. So I asked her one time i was just like can i just kind of clear the air here because i really am confused about this situation <laughs> and she's like oh, yeah. i was like do you like me she was like no wow i was like oh uh you like you like buying me things she's like i'm just trying to be a good friend i was like my men friend don't like they don't do this My mama don't do this <laughs> my, mama, my mama don't care if I Feast the famine It don't matter You know And she was like Oh I'm just trying to be a good friend I was like But you be calling me You don't Like you Shower with the door open Like what Like I'm confused And she was just like No it's just friendship Like I don't like you In what Like in any way whatsoever Was she telling the truth? I think so Cause then she started telling me About her The guys that she actually liked mm. Which never happened before, which is another thing that threw me off. Because if a woman really is like, I don't like you, they're going to tell you. Like, Lo tells me about every guy that she's, she's right. With, right? I'd be like, Lo. I think she did like you, but when you asked that question, it turned her off. Stop playing these games with me. So here, here's the thing that I, I like with that. Because I don't like girls just like straight out being like, yo, I like you. Let's do something. You know what I mean? Like, the let's do something could happen, but like. One way is be be ultra responsive to my messages. So if I'm texting you, text back. Mm -hmm. If I call you, you know, pick up, like all that kind of stuff. And then after I've been initiating for however long or whatever, you initiate. You call me. Mm -hmm. You text me first. Mm -hmm. You know, like all that kind of stuff. That tells me, all right, this is something that, you know, is moving like this person's interested. She's putting in effort. Do you right? play text games? 
text games. Yeah, because like, okay, I've done this before where I'm like, I'm always the initiator. Uh-huh. And then after that, you just stop just to see what's going to happen. I don't think I've done that in a long time. I used to. Mm. But but I'm just I don't saying, like to be annoying. So I'm like, I don't know if I need to be texting you every day or every other day. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty good about like showing interest. Like a girl will know that I'm interested in her. Because I'll put in the effort, right? Mm. But but you I, say you got a fatty, huh? What? <laughs> I got a little boo thing. <laughs> um, but um, nah. But I just feel like with like a woman that shows effort back makes it a lot more like is easier to be like okay, mm-hmm. you know, versus the girl that like is trying to like the girl that I'm that the ultimate turnoff for me is the girl that's like I have so many options. Yeah, that girl is like, mm, like the one that is like, well, I have all these guys in my DMs and I have Who all these you options. So special, you know, yeah. like that person is like, all right, that's you're not for me. You know what I mean? I'm gonna tell you the situation. So I was talking to this one girl who is very confident, and I I'm a person that really admires a confident woman, but she's kind of like more on the cocky side, mm-hmm. you know, because she's beautiful. She's been told she's been beautiful her whole life, right? So it's just like, I'm perfect, you know. Um, and I was like, it's appealing in a certain sense, but like, relax. Right. Cause I'm perfect. <laughs> My mama told me that you got to like me more. That's than a fact. I right? like you. And like in certain senses, like, uh, let me not say that. So anyways, <laughs> she started like falling off before it was the, Hey, you with the heart emojis uh, and the, all this stuff. And then one day she went like, a week Then the next time It was like another week Even if I wrote it just Then one time I was like yo I'm gonna give you To the end of the day I didn't tell her that I told myself that I was like You get to the end of today If you don't write me back From Tuesday of last week I'm like I'm done And then at like 11.50 She wrote me And I was like Ah oh, damn She hit before the clock? She did, but I, I, I even brought it up. I was like, because now if something bothers me, I'm just saying. So I was like, yo, what's up with this? I don't care if you're busy. I'm more busy than you. I'm me. I don't play these. I don't play this. This is not the game that I play. And it turned me off so much because it was, oh, I'm busy. and I don't care. How about that? I don't care. Cash me outside. No, I'm not going to beat a girl. <laughs> but it turned me off so much that that at that time, I went from like pretty much going from 100%, like I'm really into this chick, actually 80% because she was just like cocky. Right. To a 50%. And then over time, it just, you just pulled me all the way down to a one. And she started trying again. Uh, but like nothing worked. It was just like I see that she's trying, but I would just leave her on red and just not respond. I'd leave her on red for like two days. Yeah, the shine came off. Yeah. It I just th- feels like you just like I'm so fine, I could do this. I think it's like it's corny. It's imperative for guys to be able to understand what type of woman you're talking to and then be able to understand like plan accordingly. And unfortunately for a man, it's gonna take you making ultra mistakes hmm. and realizing, cause there's going to be that you got to find a woman to the level of like, cause you, if you based off of your confidence level, 
there's a certain type of level of woman that you should be dealing with, right? Like if you're not, if you, if you are not very confident, dealing with a very confident woman is going to be an issue for you because you're going to be very insecure. Confident women know their worth. They know their value. They usually have a lot of male friends. They're usually getting a lot of interest and all that kind of stuff. They enjoy attention, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So you have to be that comp. You have to be even more confident to keep a, a girl like that interested in you. Yeah. So unless you're an ultra confident person, um, you know, you shouldn't be going after ultra confident women because they will, you will get hurt. <laughs> like plain and simple. Yeah, they'll, they'll get bored like of you and they'll they'll just let you they'll they'll just move on, right? And and they will get over you quicker than you will get Facts. over them because you're annoying to them. Yeah, and then yeah, they'll you're just, annoying. at the end of the day, they know they could get somebody else. Yeah. So you have to know like your confidence level, but. If you are dealing with like conf- a confident woman and all this kind of stuff, like you got to also understand like the games they play, like <clears throat> they're not always going to tell you straight up. Like they'll be very, they're the ones that'll ignore you a lot. They're the ones that if they're not interested, they'll just ignore. Hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you can't be, you can't be needy with them. Like they want to see, like if they ignore and you ignore, they'll come back. But if you ignore and you're like needy, like all that kind of stuff, uh-huh. like that's going to push them away. Well, you ain't even that fine. Mm. Th- that's the confidence level that you got to be like, look, if you if you don't value me. Then bye. because here's the thing. I'm amazing. Yes, you are. What are you doing? <laughs> I really need to fix your haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I really got to fix that thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it ain't a flaw. It ain't a flaw. It's a misstep. I just, I just got to hit you with a nice little taper fade. I mean, get you looking right. <sighs> but anyway, I already know. Like, I typically, <laughs> I don't say this. I don't say this to them, but I typically know in this relationship and in my relationship with most people, I would say they probably need me more than I need them. Not on the like business side or anything. I'm just talking about like, I often feel like people befriend me because they're like, oh, I'm gonna get something out of this guy. Maybe he could do this for me. Maybe he could do that. Right. So like a lot of my like non-core relationships, non-business relationships, it often feels like people are just like, can't wait to get something out of them. Mm. Right. So I tip, I started getting this feeling of like, y'all need me more than I need you. Mm. So I could sometimes carry that into talking to a girl. Cause like, I don't necessarily need to talk to a girl every day and I don't need to talk to them every other day or every three days. However, I don't like being ignored. So if I give you like a 24 hour time span. Like if I text you, you got till next tomorrow to, to respond. Then after that, you're not busier than me. <laughs> I'm taking the effort out. Yeah. To text you. I took a second out of my day while I was driving <laughs> to text you. Yeah. So it's like, I already know I'm up here and you're like, oh, hey, you know, what's super trash, though, is dating a really insecure girl. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, that's I've done that too. too many times. 
And I always feel like I am who I attract. So I'm like, damn, am I am I insensitive or like or not insensitive? Am I really insecure? But then I just realized, like, no, I was just getting low, low hanging fruit. Yep. Not to call them that. Not to call the person that, but it was just like, oh, they like me. I like them. They're kind of cute. But you could like low hanging fruit doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are as a person. That means that's who you were in the moment. Because I think in whatever emotional state you're in, you could always change that. It just comes with like time, mm-hmm. energy, focusing on the right things, re- putting things in the right perspective, and so on and so forth. I've been trash. I've been high quality. I've been all of on that spectrum of, of things. I've been the insecure dude. I've been the arrogant, cocky, cocky dude. Guy. I've been all of those people. So <laughs> it's really just about like, Learning and self-evaluation and putting things in perspective, being humbled by life, and then also learning and, like, valuing yourself and so on and so forth until you get to a certain level where you could, like, be in a healthy relationship. You know what I mean? So, like, when you say low-hanging fruit, that doesn't mean that that person is always going to be low-hanging fruit. You just caught them in a moment where they're super insecure, and hopefully they get the help that they need. But you're not going to find the help through a relationship. That's the problem. And I thought I could fix people, too. Yeah. And like, because I'm me mm-hmm. and I feel like I got a cape on and nah, you can't, you can't like a, I can't make you happy. B, I can't help you feeling a certain kind of way because I'm me. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation with people saying like, they'll ask me what I'm doing and I'll say working and they'll be like, I feel like you flex on me. And it's like, you would ask me that question right <laughs> now. <laughs> Sorry for answering. You know what I mean? Because it's always like he's always working. But girl, this is what I've been trying to do my whole life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I created this. Sure. You right? So I'm excited about it. But I've gotten that quite a few times. It's like, yo, why are you always flexing? Like, and it's like, I ain't even flexing. I didn't even pay for this Congana shirt. <laughs> Plug it in. Either way. See, that's why we should use black magic. Mm. Black soul is better is what you're trying to say? That's what I've been trying to tell him. You see all this conjecture? All right. So anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So like that mentality, like, A, I cannot date somebody who doesn't like themselves. And and you don't got to like everything about yourself because I already know I don't like everything about me. Right. But that's just a process. For the most part, 60 plus percent, 80 percent. Ah, cool. Could I have more money? Yes. Could I have better looking stomach? Yes. Can't get a better haircut. But- <laughs> <laughs> and it's not always like you don't always have to like, but you could accept. You know, like, you could accept who you are, yeah. be confident in who you are, know your value. Like, like I think Working on yourself. Important. Yeah. Working on yourself is important. But, like, if you don't like yourself, yourself, I can't fix that. True. Yeah, like, there's a lot of broken people. And that's one thing when um, I came out of this long this relationship that I was really invested in. And, um, you know, I was really torn up about it. And then I got on, like, Tinder and all these, like, social media websites. Tinder is the worst. Yeah. But what I realized is, like, when I was, like, broken, the way I looked at everybody that I was dating, I was like, dang, there's a lot of broken people on that are dating right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was just the the lenses that I was looking at or I was able to recognize it because I was broken and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But... Now that I'm not at that point anymore, 
it's like I'm not even on those sites or whatever. Like I'm not even like I don't even try. You know what I mean? Like it just is like it's just gonna happen or it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. at this point. But also it's like I don't see as many broken people anymore. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just because I'm not looking anymore. But I think that the problem is a lot of people try to use um Other companionship mm-hmm. to uh to feel something versus realizing, yo, you just gotta have a process of self growth, self evaluation. Like you gotta find value in yourself, mm-hmm. worth in yourself mm-hmm. before you find anything that's gonna make you happy. That's facts. No, no external factor is going to add to your happy. You're already going to be happy, and then the external factors are going to enhance that happiness. Yep, yep, yep. But they're not going to get you to happy. You have to get to happy on your own. 100%. Yeah, that's that's um, that's um, a life lesson you got to learn. A, I had to learn that I'm, I can't, I'm not Superman, you know, because I thought I could do everything. Hmm. Um, and life had a beautiful way of showing me that the moment I started relinquishing some of the superpowers I thought I had to somebody else who that was their superpower, just to co- just to find out that that thing that I thought that was my power is actually my weakness. Mm. Then all of a sudden life got a lot better. Wow. Figuring out the things I suck at made me greater. Especially when you could come to terms with it, accept oh, it, and have passion, patience with yourself. Oh, man. Because then I, I'd be f- free and happy to say, man, I can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start bigging them up. Yes. You know, like you have a, a different way of looking at things. Perspective. Yeah, yeah. You just, it just, it's amazing. And so for me, thinking that I can fix people, I can alter their life because yes i have i have offered people advice that has changed their lives for the better Mm -hmm. but there's plenty of people who don't listen and it used to give me a certain sense of aggravation because i'm like i i'm i'm an outside entity looking at all your problems and i can see how to solve them right but because you're not listening to me or you're not you're listening but you're not um putting into implementation what I'm saying, you cannot get fixed. But then it's come to realize they're not getting fixed because they don't want to get fixed. You can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. That's it. You know, so my whole thing, it, it changed my my vision of things to now I'm just like, you have to be a confident person. Right. You have to know what you want. You have to be working towards something. Even if you've accomplished more than me, you have to be working towards something. Have a purpose. Because there's a girl that I talked to who was perfect in every sense of the word. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's rich. Everything. But she did nothing during her days. Nothing. She woke up when she woke up. She laid by the pool and did nothing. And I found that to be the biggest turnoff because I said, you like I, every question I asked was, well, what are you working towards? What are you interested in? What do you want to do? You have an abundance of money. What do you want to do with it? I don't know. Maybe travel. Well, you've been all over the world already. What else? What else is going to inspire you? I don't know. I don't think about it. I'm not interested. I don't know. I don't have any plans. I don't have any goals. I don't have anything I want to reach. And I just sat there like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, and what you what you're interested in, you shouldn't have to feel feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Like I've been, I follow this um, this IG like oh a foot page, huh? A foot page. What's that mean? Like feet? 
No. Um, but she's like this uh, twerker. All right. Oh, so, I, might, I might follow her too. Hey. <laughs> so she, um, like, she puts up stuff on her stories or whatever. And she's like, uh, she. She puts up like ask me, you know, the when they say like ask me any questions. Oh, okay, AMAs. Yeah. And then um like she put out that like she won't date anybody that's penis size isn't under eight inches. Isn't over eight inches, I should say. Oh shit, so, she can't take it like too big. No, no, no. If no, she's saying anybody under eight. So you have to be eight or bigger oh for my her gosh. to date, date her. Man, I followed her just now. <laughs> and she said that um the reason is because the type of sex she likes to have, she can't do everything she wants to do with people that are under eight inches. So that's what she that's what she she says. So All right, she okay, got then, she, so then a bunch of dudes went at her is like like oh how can you like how are you gonna judge somebody based off of something that's not in there you know like all of these like. Uh, People that have penis sizes less than eight inches. So, anyways, like, and she's going, she's like, she's trying to defend herself and all this kind of stuff. And in my mind, I'm just like, yo, how, like, you can't, you shouldn't feel bad about what you like or what you dislike. You know what I mean? Like, mm. if you feel like there's a bunch of dudes that are out here that won't date a girl unless they have a fat ass, or don't, won't, <laughs> won't date a girl unless they have a certain cup size as far as their breasts, or won't date a girl that's over this weight or under this weight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or is this high? Like, everybody has their preferences. So, like, don't feel bad about whatever your preferences are, but, like, just don't, like, just don't be an evil person, you know what I mean? Like, be upfront. Like, hey, this is like you're a cool person. I'm just not interested, or whatever it is. And if it's superficial reason, then okay, superficial piece reason. And us as individuals, if we're on the other side of that, like, be okay with that. Because at the end of the day, you want something that's gonna work. Don't try to force a square peg into a round hole. Mm. And be okay with like, yo. There's a reason why, you know, if you believe in God or whatever, if the universe is giving me this sign to to get out of this situation before I get, like, just stop. We should, as people, stop forcing things. You know what I mean? Because I think that's where people get hurt is when they try to force stuff versus just like, yo, like, it's cool. If you don't like me because I'm bald or you don't like me because I'm a certain age or you don't like me because of my penis size, you know, whatever that is. Let me ask you this Because like One thing I've always been A-okay with Even though like It kind of sucks to hear But it's just like Oh well It is I've heard plenty of women Tell me like Oh I'm, I don't date black guys Right mm. And I've I've always just been like Man okay Right In the last Few years I've noticed that That's something You can't say Outside of A white person saying that about a black person and here's the example one time i went to uh west hollywood with one of my friends and uh i believe i heard somebody say i don't date indian guys interesting and what was what was their ethnicity i think they were white okay yeah and there was like a kerfuffle about it people were like you can't say that you like you don't even know him and all this stuff and and he was just like i'm just not attracted and they were trying they were trying to tell him like you have to be attracted to the person's heart and their mind and this and that I think that's a west coast thing man you think so yeah because i know a ton of like if you talk to like a lot of i know black women that are like i'll never do the black dude i know black women that'll be like i'll never date a white dude like you could say the white part like you Everybody in this country can say I hate white people, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay." But I know, I know, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of women that are like, I won't date a black person or I won't date this. And that's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I'm like, at the end of the day, you're interested in whatever you're interested in, whatever you're, if you, if you're offended by that, there's something that you're interested in that will automatically eliminate somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly that. And does that make that something bad? No, like we all have our, our things and there's, how many billion people on the planet? Seven billion people on the planet, or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's enough people for you to like whatever you like and find multiple options of that person mm -hmm. uh, if you're there. But what we have to do is get to a place where you're in a healthy spot where you could take advantage of it. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you're broken, if you're not um, understanding of yourself, you don't know your value, you're not confident, you're looking for external something to give you value or make you happy or whatever it is it doesn't matter if the perfect person is right in front of your face on one knee with flowers in front of you i thought it, you hated flowers i'm saying i'm saying like if it, it, for people like you that like it um I don't do the flowers anymore. <laughs> it won't work you know what i mean and so like i think that's the big thing like i think people need to understand that dating starts with you first you got to be good with you and then, you know, you can have fun. Then you could find, you know, you could have something that's actually valuable with someone else. Blessing us. You know, every now and then I get, I get on one. Blessing us. You trying to get married? Yeah. Sure. All right. No, okay, cool. I think I changed my mind on that. Oh. <laughs> I look like trash. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. That's about it. Chris, you got anything? Nope. All right. Was Chris even here for this episode? I'm here. Here, Chris played video games with us. Yeah. Chris, you trying to uh you going to the gym this week? Yes. Well not the gym, but I'm gonna work out in the garage. Cause I don't have a gym currently. Alright. Alright, so next week. We are all going on a little trip to Vegas. Hey. And we might even be podding from Vegas next week. So We got us a nice little B&B. A little something. I mean, listen, man. I mean, you know what it is, man. Hey. All right. So uh, if you guys see us out there, if we got anybody who's watching or listening from Vegas, yo, let us know. You know, if anything is going down, we're 100% in the Tequila Boys. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the tequila boys is gonna go paint vegas red outside of that hope you guys have a great week uh check out our new segment boys playing video games uh it's gonna be only on youtube it's gonna be me and chris playing a little basketball maybe next week play football outside of that we're men on the internet and that's that Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>